0: This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 165.
1: But if your main goal is to immediately generate revenue, then that's not where you want to start. Or if your main goal is to figure out, is this a viable business? You should not be starting a podcast. I mean, I know people right now that have had a podcast for almost three years and literally have had maybe three clients.
0: Hey, HTYCers. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470, or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to Your Career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, this is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen Your Career. This is the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. We get to bring on experts like Paul Angoni, who began his career with a struggle, and he's got on to write best-selling books to empower college students, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, a bunch of other people. And then we also have, in past episodes, people on like Dustin Hartzler, who has a pretty amazing story, and he built his dream career by combining passions together. Now, these are people that ...that are just like you. They've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. And they're people that are just like our next guest too. And I'm so excited to have a return guest here on the show... And Olivia is somebody who's been on the show multiple times before and is actually one of our more popular episodes. So we wanted to bring her back in this revisited edition of no holds barred, what to consider when you are building a business and how to think about it and where and how to get help for that. And all the things that go through people's minds when they're actually building a business, essentially what it takes. And We had a lot of people reach out after this, uh, after we originally did this episode, and uh, say that they they loved it. So we wanted to be able to air part of it again and have you have you enjoy and benefit from that. And then uh, I think you'll you'll really like Olivia. By the way, if if you want to hear more of her, you can go back to her, her earlier episode and be able to hear some of her advice on making career changes and the job market and how to do some of that differently. And it's a fantastic episode the first time she came on. But this is 100% about those people that are really interested in building a business as a first timer, because that's where Olivia was at too. And her story is really, really interesting. Um, we actually helped her get her business initially up and running and um, Olivia has gotten to become a friend over the last couple of years. And now we've been working on a project together as well to be able to help people avoid a lot of the headache and heartache and stuff that both Olivia and I have, have had while well building a business and be able to do it much more effectively and avoid a lot of the mistakes that, uh, that we've made. And don't get me wrong, building a business of any kind, um, whether it's first time or it's your 17th time, it's never easy. It's never easy, but there are a lot of things that you don't have to do that most people think that you do because at the end of the day, business is really very simple. You have a problem. I solve it you exchange something of value in most cases, money for that. Right. So that's, that's it. That's what business is. And we overcomplicate it. So Olivia gets deep into how, how we overcomplicate it and get her opinions on some of the ways to uncomplicate it for yourself, which I think, in my opinion, is invaluable. Um, and, and let me know if you enjoy this one. Yeah, if you if you haven't heard an episode with Olivia before, then let me know if you if you enjoy this one. Um, I think that you're gonna love it. So without further ado, here is Olivia Gamber. Our mission today is really to give people give people the un we'll call it the unmarketed side of business, the unsocialized side of, of business. Both the great things and Uh, maybe even some of the not so great things, and then really help people understand, like, as you're getting into thinking about building a business or actually getting into the act of of building a business, doing your own thing, and uh, what can even help along the way too. So this is going to be lessons learned, maybe some rants. We'll see. We'll see. And, um, and hopefully uh somewhere in the middle of that, we'll between our conversation, we'll we'll get some stuff in there to help you understand how to how to think about some of this stuff a little bit differently and what to consider. Sound good? Let's do it. Cool. So here's first of all, let's let's fill people in really, really quick. Since since you've come on the on the show, uh let's give them the rundown on what's what's happened here. Uh, so catch catch people up a little bit because last time you came on you you had this side business you were were working um, working in HR and or working in um, organizational development and uh, yeah what what's happened since then
1: yeah I'll give you guys the thirty thousand foot view but when I met Scott back in I want to say it was late twenty. 20- 14 or early 2015. I can't quite remember. I was dabbling in uh, You know a career business and I, and the reason we connected is I reached out to him and he was doing something that Ultimately, I was interested in I was doing it on the side of a really Demanding full-time corporate job. I was always traveling managing a department all kinds of crazy stuff so it was all on the side and it was really just uh, honestly a little bit of uh, throwing whatever stuck to the wall. And eventually I got really focused and was able to actually create a product and a service. And so I was beginning to get clients you know, after meeting Scott and, and learning about his business model and, and also surrounding myself with Scott and people like himself, it became really clear to me that, you know, obviously I wasn't doing this as a hobby. I wanted to make money, but I wanted it to be meaningful. And that's the kind of the reason people usually start their own business is not because, you know, they just want another job. They want something with a purpose that matters. And so that's really what was it was all about. And... Fast forward, I was really hustling. I'm talking 5 a.m. mornings, I was working after my job, so I don't want this to sound like a walk in the park, (laughs) but I did write a book and I I did it all. I had a podcast, wrote a book, and eventually built a brand out that allowed me to attract clients more consistently. So fast forward, I ended up meeting Kevin Kermes, who also had a very similar brand Type of company we ended up partnering up because we had very uh, complementary strengths, and he had a bigger platform. So, long story short, I like sped it sped up really fast by partnering with him, but also bringing my product and my framework over that way. So now I'm partnered on CareerAttraction.com, but it was OccupationalMedia.com. So I was able to merge the two brands together and make it something that I think. Is pretty differentiated in the market and also helps a lot of people so it's a legitimate business six-figure business now and it didn't take that long but it I did have a lot of help along the way so it's not all on me I definitely had this surround myself with the right people but it worked out and now I'm on to the next evolution I've become kind of a serial entrepreneur like I'm just addicted to the client <laughs>
0: Yeah. Careful, careful what you wish for, huh? And,
1: exactly. It's the rolling country, though. I, did, I probably skipped a lot of the dark lows, but that was the 30,000 foot view.
0: Okay. So we'll, we'll go in and we'll kind of break it apart and we'll kind of compare notes here a little bit along the way. And, but I, I am curious. So w- along that, what, what's, what prompted you to want to even do this in the first place way back when, you know, even before occupational Olivia and everything else?
1: The why was always freedom and control over my time. I, mean, I most, like most people listening, we're all frustrated with the nine to five, the face time and the lack of control over our schedules and the ability to be able to travel when we want to and do what we want to experience the life that, you know, we only get one of. And so for me, it was about control over my time and, you know, ever since I did quit my job, um, back in February, I've been able to go to some pretty awesome places and I'm going to Italy next month too. And I'm not trying to sell the dream over here, but I would never be able to do all the trips that I have if I still had my corporate job.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of vacation time. Exactly. A lot of vacation time, or at least it's a lot harder to do and probably a lot shorter trips, but, uh, I mean, for me, it's kind of the same thing. Very, very much so. Uh, for me, the very, very first prompting was, um, I remember training this person in HR, and she's talking about her dad, and like her dad sounded like he was always around. She's like, "Yeah, my my dad had you know helped me with my homework at you know I got home from school," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, how did your dad do that?" Like what? And turns out he owned his own business, owned a bunch of apartment complexes. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. So this was even before I had kids. And then I knew that kind of stuck in my mind. That was the seed to be able to say later on down the road. I want to have that kind of freedom of time, if you will. You know, that's
1: so funny. I had a similar experience. Really? And I was in grad school. I was working for a consultant in San Diego. And I just saw him leave at lunch to go jog. And he disappeared. And he was gone for the day. <laughs> <laughs> but he was the owner of the company. And yeah. I was just like, okay, well, I... And one day he asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want what you have. So that still sticks in my mind. And it's still true. Exactly what he has is ultimately what I want. So
0: That's, that's really interesting. So along those... Along those lines, then I think everybody can identify with having some type of more freedom, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: Whatever that is for you, because it it probably looks different to different people. But, you know, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of I don't know, whatever it happens to be. And um, if that's the case, then I think what has a tendency to happen, though, is people can sometimes mistake having a business with the ultimate answer. Cause I think that can be an answer, but there's probably more other ways to get there too. So that's why I really wanted to be able to have this conversation and kind of dissect for people what having a business actually looks like. So I'm curious, what was the, what are some of the biggest things that have really surprised you along the way behind the scenes where you are like, yeah, I did not anticipate that having a business would be like that good or bad either way.
1: You know, I think it's the toughest thing is prioritization especially as a solopreneur. I mean, now I'm slowly starting to hire people. But when you are not an employee, you don't have a lot of competencies, even if you're super confident. And I'm one of those super confident people. I think I can do everything even if I can't. But (laughs) the problem with that is you end up messing a lot of stuff up because if you're really honest with yourself, there's a lot of competencies involved in building a business that you just naturally will not be strong at, and you have to be aware of those. Otherwise, they will bite you, and they've definitely bit me along the way a couple times.
0: What I'm curious now what are what are some of those? What's an example of one of those?
1: Uh, well, you know, when I first met you, Scott, I I honestly sucked at selling.
0: Oh, I remember we we talked about this actually. <laughs> this was this was intimidating for you at first, right? Now you love sales. I, yeah,
1: it's definitely, it was a mountain to climb, the sales fear and the internal psychology around pricing and figuring out what you're worth and there's all of that you have to climb. And then for me, a lot of it was, uh, you know, I, I'm a lot of my business is based on internet marketing and oh my God, there's so much out there that could really paralyze you when it comes to information. So there was just a lot of noise I had to wade through to figure out where can I get the best results and spend the least amount of time because I can't just be on the internet all day. I have to actually do things that make my business forward.
0: Wait a minute. You can't just hang out on YouTube and then cash uh-huh. doesn't come in. Like really? I
1: know, right? Just build a bunch of YouTube videos and and then the money flows in. <laughs>
0: that's, that's kind of the way it gets perpetuated though, which is I suppose another reason why I wanted to have this, this conversation. So what do you think, what do you think then for you? And we'll kind of compare notes here too. Um, what do you think has made the difference between um, having a business that ends up working versus playing business, we'll call it?
1: Yeah, a great question. And I, this is something that I definitely feel strongly about because there's two types of metrics, the vanity metrics and then the revenue generating metrics. And so what I really figured out that At the end of the day, all that really matters is is how many customers are you talking to every day that are interested in buying your product. And then number two, everything else is kind of a leading or lagging or not associated indicator. So a lot of people want to start a podcast and I started a podcast, so I'm not bashing that it has a lot of benefits, but if your main goal is to immediately generate revenue, then that's not where you want to start or if your main goal is to figure out is this a viable business you should not be starting a podcast i think that that you should do it but you should do it for the right reasons because a lot of misaligned expectations with activity and outcomes are tend to be uh cause people to burn out and i i mean i know people right now that have had a podcast for almost three years and literally have had maybe three clients and I,
0: I don't know about you, but that wouldn't sit very well with me. No, no, not at all. And, I, <laughs> and, and actually, so we just not that long ago passed our three-year mark. So I'm thinking about that. That hit totally hits home. It's like, what if we only had, what if we were only helping like three people, <laughs> essentially? Because, I mean, we can, we can certainly provide a lot of help for the podcast, but ultimately, we get to help people the most. When they're exchanging value for us, like we help the, we help people at the deepest level when they engage with us deeper than the podcast or in different ways than just the podcast. Like that's where we get to make real change in people's lives. So if nobody was paying us to help them, oh man, I don't, I don't know what I'd probably, I don't, I couldn't imagine it. That, that scares me.
1: And it's not all about the money. It's just no. that the validation that it's no longer a hobby. It's an actual business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I've told this story on here. Maybe we alluded to it in episode 100 a little bit. But um, when I first started this business, I think I partially started the podcast for some of all of the wrong reasons. I'm like, yeah, we'll start a podcast. And then that's going to like lead to instant cash and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to leave my job and like all that sort of thing. And I liked my job. I actually um, enjoyed it. Uh, quite a bit but I thought that I would enjoy some of the things that we're doing with this business a whole bunch better so I probably went down that track more where I was playing business and not having actual exchange in the beginning for probably the first uh, first all uh, three months before I realized it wasn't working
1: I was right there with you <laughs>
0: oh man those are painful memories I,
1: my ego loves the vanity Yeah, it yeah. Just does, you know and I had to get past that real quick because at the end of the day, as much as I love how many people are downloading my podcast, the goal is to build a business.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Oh man, I uh, I still have to catch myself on some of that stuff uh, time because the numbers are are great and those indicators are are great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually truly helping people, which then ends up resulting in exchange for money, right? Exactly. Okay. So let me, let me ask you a couple of other questions about that. Then you, you, you've certainly had, um, a lot of evolutions along the way and a lot of realizations along the way and all kinds of other stuff. What do you think has been the most helpful? Like if you're going back and doing it all over again, what do you think has been the most helpful for you? or maybe even a couple of different stories of what's been the most helpful for you to make those evolutions. Cause that's kind of what business is about. Like you do stuff, some of it works, you take the stuff that works and then you go forward and then get rid of the other stuff. Right?
1: Yes. I, this is really gold because, and I really did pick it up off of you, Scott, because you really taught me this methodology, but it all started with like, literally I built a course, before I had any paying clients. So let me just throw that out there right there. Biggest mistake ever. Wasted probably months of not making money. And now, if you were to ask me uh, if I'm gonna create a product, service, or offer, I won't build a thing until I have money in my hand. Because at this point, you really, Honestly, the market needs to design that product for you. If you're operating in a vacuum, it's just going to create a poor product market fit. And it's also probably going to create a commodity that's copied off your competitors. And nobody wins that way. And and so the biggest lesson I've learned is do things that don't scale, because that's the quickest path to growth in the beginning, even though everybody wants to be a millionaire from the get go, I totally get that. But when you're willing to get on the phone with people and actually figure out what their problem is and craft an offer to solve that problem, if you are the one to solve it and you can solve it, uh, then that's a business and you don't need a website, you don't need a Twitter, you don't need an LLC, you don't really need anything to do that and you have immediately <laughs> That was really my biggest learning lesson because obviously I spent a year doing the opposite.
2: Freaking out, probably. Looking at job boards, crying, and just, it was a mess.
0: That's just a beacon to Kirby's work life before.
2: My title was public relations manager, but I worked for a small company, so job titles at that point really don't matter. And I had been listening to your podcast, and so I just sent an email in asking, I need your help.
0: And that's when she started our free eight-day email course.
2: The course that you provided and all those questions really helped me determine what made me happy in a job or what I actually enjoyed doing.
0: Kirby really needed to make a change, so she dove right
2: in. finders test, the DISC test, I took them all. <laughs> I took all of them because... I wanted to get this right.
0: <laughs> with new insight and help, she was able to make some necessary changes.
2: You know, I like coming to work in the morning and I like the people I work with. Nobody wants to sit there and answer hard questions, especially if it's about yourself, but. It's worth it to take the time because you don't want to waste your time at a job that you don't want to do. Why would you waste your time being unhappy? Just take a personal day, take eight hours and answer all the questions.
0: So if you need to make some changes in your life and figure out what it is that you should be doing, answering those hard questions, head on over to figure it out.co. That's figureitout.co, or text happen. H-A-P-P-E-N to four, four, two, two, two. That's text happen. H-A-P-P-E-N to 44. Two two two. interesting I didn't realize um I I didn't realize that you spent about a year on that beforehand it felt we, like
1: it I may be being dramatic I had a website in 2014 of the summer yeah. really didn't have a product I finally had a product in 2015 and at that point if I I would say yeah I probably wasted close to a year
0: well and for us we kind of did the did the same thing. How did this, how did this work? Oh yeah. Oh no. Ours was even degrees of, of much worseness because we, (laughs) we initially, um, you know, launched the, launched the business, launched the podcast kind of at the same time, took on a couple of coaching clients and all that was great. Then we created a membership site where we were trying to make, um, and this was actually really, really pretty good. Our intention was good. There was probably a lot better ways to go about it, but we created a membership site where we were, um, trying to put a bunch of videos and learning to be able to allow our members to understand how to do interviews, understand how to uh, make job changes and all that sort of thing. And um, we said, OK, if we can make four hundred dollars on this, like we'll build it out. So we, we did do it in advance and we were really upfront and honest with people initially and said, hey, look, we will build this for you if we can make you know 400 bucks. And then the first day we made like 900 bucks I'm like, Oh, okay. Awesome. Fantastic. This is so easy. All we got to do is put something out there. And then, um, and then, you know, we, we ended up building that. And then we had four failed launches after that. Cause we thought, Oh my goodness, this is the easiest thing in the world. We just need to make something and, yeah, and it'll be good. And it, it didn't, uh, it didn't work, didn't work at all because we lost sight of the things that did. And also lost sight of really trying to serve our market really well and allow exactly. them to dictate. So,
1: Oh man, I've been there and you know, you know, I've done the same thing with the membership site and really trying to make that work. Cause it just sound like when you really run the numbers in your head, it's passive income. So it's really compelling. Mm.
3: I was sure that I needed to make changes in my career, but there were so many options that I was stuck.
4: Cindy is a chief financial officer for a small nonprofit in Fresno, California. While completing the exercises, she made a
3: discovery. What I knew about myself in advance was, I need to look for improvements. I need to make those improvements. And I also know I don't do maintenance. What I didn't know, there was an underlying theme between the two. The reason you need to make the improvements is because I work hard not to get bored. It was an epiphany.
4: However, it seemed that she was the last one to find out.
3: I took my shiny new discovery to my family, and they were happy to validate, yeah, that's the reason that they thought I did these things. Without the exercises and the figure-it-out eight-day course, I would remain blind to a clarifying truth that everyone else thought that I already knew, and therefore they weren't talking about it. I'm now concentrating on work in a consulting industry that will be project-based so I can complete things and move on to the next thing, alleviating the boredom.
4: The HTYC eight-day figure-it-out course helps Cindy realize something that was obvious to everyone but her. What could it do to help you discover so that you can make an impactful change for your life and career? To take the course for yourself, text HTYC to 384. 470 that's h t y c to 38470 or just simply go to figureitout.co that's figureitout.co
0: yeah 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 in i mean i don't know that's kind of i'm glad we did it and i'm really glad that we had a bunch of those failures early on like before anybody was paying attention first of all and then uh, second of all um, because that led us to be able to get to what we're doing now. And I'm sure that'll lead to, you know, things that are even better for us as a company in the future, but being able to really serve people where they need it the most. And that's kind of the direction that we've gone. Now. And that's where I've seen you go down too. And I mean, you I think you've, you've helped, uh, really helped Kevin really build out that business that you guys have created, uh, because I think that's where you're focused.
1: Definitely. I, th- I think it was a really a big wake-up call in thinking about what I actually am willing to pay for.
0: What, what do you mean by that?
1: You know, because I, I, I'm starting to see a trend and, you know, this is just a little off topic. I'm not sure your audience is too interested, but... With a lot of uh, custom, I think it's all about individualized learning when it comes to helping people. Yeah. Everybody wants things to be customized to them, themselves. And I feel the same way. I don't want to be shoved into a box or into too much off the shelf type of solution because, you know, especially as a millennial, I'm very special. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of the mentality I have when I'm purchasing. I want it to be uniquely mine and yeah. feel like it fits, you know? Yep. And that's what I started to realize with how I designed my business.
0: So what do you think then has helped you helped you the most? Like we've got lots of people that are here that are looking at different types of Um, ways to not shortcut it, but ways to learn business or ways to, um, be able to ensure that they are moving faster than what they would normally. So there's a, you know, you mentioned courses earlier and there's a billion different courses out there and there's certainly, um, lots of other alternatives too. Um, there's coaching. I mean, that's something that we even do too, coaching, but there's a lot of business coaches out there. There's all kinds of stuff like that. What, what do you think helped you the most along the way? And I know you've got some strong feelings on this, so I'm really going to push you into what are kind of some of the pros and cons on these types of things too.
1: I think the biggest key is you have to surround yourself with other people who have, who are ahead of you. So that's what I did by you know joining the Mastermind with you, Scott, and being surrounded by people who understand the, what that this is, what you want to do, and they're not going to judge you, they're not going to doubt you because any type of doubt or hesitation is really bad for you know forward momentum for your actual action and output. Because no matter what, we're all going to doubt ourselves each step of the way. If this was easy, everyone would be a millionaire or an entrepreneur, but it's not, so you really have to find that community and that support system. And it can't just be your husband or wife because they haven't done what you're trying to do. Even if they support you, that's not enough. You need someone that actually can demystify the process. I used to think making, you know, 10,000 in a month was like a, a freaking miracle through, I mean, it's one thing to do it through corporate. That's one type of achievement, but to actually get people to pull out their wallet and pay you money and exchange value and everybody feel really good about it, that's a whole nother ballgame. And so there's a lot you've got to overcome. And when you see other people who have done it, they really do demystify that process for you. And then the second piece I would say is stick to the basics. People are complicating business and it isn't complicated. It's about finding a really good problem that you can solve and don't get caught up in how you solve it. If you can solve it, the outcome is all that matters. You don't need a bunch of fancy tools at first, you just need to validate that that problem is heavy enough that people are willing to pay money for Most people skip that critical step of validating their offer. and you don't, and, and the offer is always evolving as you talk to more and more people, you're never really done validating because the market's always evolving
0: that's so true I mean we've got one of our programs right now um, it started out as is figure out what fits that's what we named it and it was a it was a four-week class to be able to help people uh, help people figure out what they wanted to do and then we we created like a 2.0 version of it where it was a, a boot camp style class and and um uh, and then it 's now evolved into a completely different name we call it career change boot camp now and we take people through eight weeks and we combine that with coaching and and it just it 's still so true it just keeps evolving and you keep making it better and better and you keep changing with the market too
1: yeah you have to or the the offer becomes stale
0: yeah yeah absolutely well this this has been really really eye opening um i uh, a couple, a couple pieces of backstory here for people behind the scenes, so that all this stuff makes sense in context. So, I think you and I met because both of us were members of ZTL, which ZTL stands for Zero to Launch. It's a, it is a course that's put together from a guy named Ramit Sethi, and his company is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. But uh, anyhow, I think that's that's how we met, and I, I'm curious your opinion on. Um, not necessarily just that, but courses in general versus versus other things, and what is what is good or bad, or how would you know what is right for you? And that's the answer I think people are really trying to get to um, for themselves, because we all want customized for ourselves, oh, stuff, course. right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and as a buyer of uh, zero to launch, I, I think it's a, it, it's one of, it's one of the most solid uh, programs on building an online course. Um, however, I would not start with an online course anymore because there's just so much that can keep you from really building a business. You've got to learn all kinds of different tools and fancy softwares and it it shouldn't be that complicated to get your first three customers. So if you have a long lag time between when you get three paying customers and when you decide to really start something, that's actually not a good sign because that means it's really You're taking so long to know if this is even a viable business. Mm. So, and I know that's really counterintuitive that people say, oh, it takes forever. Well, yeah, it takes forever to build a big business, but it shouldn't take forever to validate an offer. And so that's the way I think a little bit differently now. And so in terms of answering your question, um, if you're really serious about building an online business, what's more important to you than information is accountability and emotional support, and seeing, being surrounded by people that demystify the process, not information. Because information is paralyzing. It, it allows you a safe haven to go hide in and bury yourself with, with information, but it doesn't necessarily lead to behavior change, actions, and outcomes. So in my opinion, I do still love ZTL. I would—I I really do believe strongly in being around successful entrepreneurs. And if you have to pay to make that happen, then that consider that an investment in your future, just like an investment in grad school. And it won't cost nearly as much, but it'll be 10 times more fulfilling if this is what you truly want.
0: I love that. Let me kind of repeat back here. What I, what I took away from that, what I heard is, Hey, information is, is okay, but there can be the tendency to get drowned in it. And, um, It's, it's going to be good if it's in the right areas and it is going to be a heck of a lot better if you are, um, taking steps to actually not get drowned on it, which sounds like it would be surrounding yourself by other people that have either been there before or done it before or are going to hold you accountable or whatever else along the way. Is that, is that right?
1: Exactly. If I think back to when I joined your mastermind and that you invited me to, and each, every two weeks we met, and you know, there was the social pressure of being around those other high-achieving entrepreneurs, and also the support of people that you could talk about this stuff with that know your language and and are living and breathing it and immersing yourself into that mentality and culture and way of life, then it becomes like you're, you're gonna raise your bar whereas if you can hide behind an online computer and you're not really visible or being held under that microscope you're not going to really push yourself to accomplish crazy things in 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 a couple months in 90 days i launched a book and got three paying clients like it it, in 2015 it was just pushing a button and i hired a coach to help me launch the book It, it was everything that you know some people talk their whole lives about doing but i wrote and published a best-selling book in 90 days, which also led to paying clients paying me thousands of dollars. And that was in a 90-day time frame. And I know people think this sounds crazy, but when you put money into something, you better believe you're going to take action because now you've got skin in the game. I do truly believe your time goes where your money goes. And if you're not willing to invest in your business, you're probably not going to make it.
0: Uh, Harsh, but very true words. I love it.
1: And I know some people out there are probably thinking, well, I've got a family, I've got kids, I've got this, I've got that, and I get it. But at the end of the day, everybody all always has these gaps they need to close. You need to either decide if you want to take 5 years to do it, then so be it. You're going to have to either pay in time or money. That's the only answer. And I chose to invest, but I know that's not always possible for everybody else. So I would just say, really think in an investment mentality, because that's what really brings the results instead of being in fear and hesitation and just staying frozen.
0: I love that so much. I feel like we have like three tweets buried in that last, (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's somewhere in there. We'll let Kirby pull pull them out and then there'll be quotes on the on the show notes page. Hey, this is this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you. One, uh been willing to have the conversation in the first place, two, being very transparent with um with what it is actually like running a business. Um I've had a lot of the same experiences. I personally wouldn't have it any other way. Um I, but it is by far not the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, in fact, I would say it's probably one of the harder things that I, I've, I've done in my life. And this is my second business and, uh, probably helped about a hundred, something people build other businesses. And it's, it's not easy in any case. So I, I very much appreciate your, your time and, uh, I'm so glad we, cause we actually got to, we finally got an excuse to chat like twice in one week or something.
1: Amazing. <laughs> it's a good time.
0: Hey, this is Scott. I hope that you really loved that episode with Olivia. It was a ton of fun to bring her back on here and talk about a different set of topics than what we've talked about before. So Olivia and I have been working together on on a couple of different projects, and I'm really excited about them, quite frankly. And you might be really excited about them, too, if you're in the place where you want to be able to build first-time business, particularly if you are interested in building a coaching or consulting business, as both of both Olivia and myself have done. So I want to give you a few few different things to get started on that right away. So first of all, we have we have actually two different two different videos that you might absolutely love one where we give you an intimate look behind some of the first uh the first sets of what, what what's often called a sales funnel actually where you know where people people engage with uh with you and then um, you help them get to know you and ultimately understand what it is that you offer and how you can serve them and then uh, be able to understand whether or not they want to engage deeper with you and purchase something from you. And that's how you get the opportunity to help them. Anyhow, we give you a in-depth look behind one of Olivia's first sales funnels that uh, that we put together so you can understand how that actually works and it's nice little look behind the scenes. And then at the same time, um, we give you another look behind the scenes for somebody that we've worked with before, somebody else that, uh, that you've seen and heard on the happen your career podcast. So that's Michael Merrill and he's uh, he's Michael Merrill of velocity labs. So he's done a really nice job putting this together too and we give you an in-depth look behind the scenes in his business and how he was able to go through uh, and be able to bring in his first customers first uh, by building building that other type of funnel and that system what we call a client attraction system to be able to make that happen so if you've ever had any interest of building a coaching business or you already have a coaching or consulting business that you've gotten started and would like to grow it, you'll probably be very interested in, in these videos. So I'd encourage you to go over and take a look. So you can go to com slash 165. That's com slash 165. And then I'll take you over to the show notes for this episode where we've got links to everything that we've talked about and more. We've even got a training that Olivia and I have put together to uh, give you insight into how we've both built these businesses. So uh, really what we've tried to do in this episode is give you everything that you need just to be able to get you that initial kick and initial get started into either getting your initial business up and running or growing your business. So I think you'll really enjoy that. Head on over there. Now now let's take a listen to what we've got next week on Happened Your Career.
1: I realized, hey, this is probably a good deal at 70000
4: if I can, can make 60000 And so I, I started trying to figure out how in the world can I buy this thing? I, I want this thing for myself. I saw the potential. And uh, I the only downside was I looked at my bank account and I had about $2,900 that I saved
1: up. From uh, doing a little little bit of work the summer before. And so I had to figure out how to get from 2,900 to 70,000.
0: That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week when the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adios.